Hi friends, welcome to the Partnership Podcast, exploring gospel partnership and generosity in the Bible, alongside stories of support raising from around our fellowship. We pray you'll be encouraged by it. Hi everyone, and welcome to our eighth episode of this season of the Partnership Podcast, focused on church partnerships. And thanks Kate for joining me for this chat. It's good to be here. Let's pray as we start. Father, we thank you so much for your precious bride, uh, your church, your household. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to have stronger relationships with your church, to have wisdom about how to approach churches and really good, clear expectations and communications between our staff and between church leaders. And we pray that might increase the unity of your people in our areas. Help us to have listening hearts, humble hearts, as we listen to Kate's story and her wisdom that she has to share today. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Kate, you had what I regard as a very exciting project in your final year of college. Can you just tell us a bit about the nature of your project and what led you to choose that project? Yeah, so at college, I was finding I was doing a lot of thinking about church ministry. Um, But I always kept in the back of my mind, like, where does... Uh, uni ministry and youth and women kind of fit into this model. Um, so as we were thinking about church and thinking about preaching and um, that big picture stuff, um, I'd always been kind of going, where do I fit? Um, what's my role and what's the role of the ministries that I've been involved in? Um, and sometimes it was pretty hard to find an answer to that, but I was pretty convinced um, of the goodness of these ministries and wanted to keep thinking about that. Uh, so I kind of tucked it away in the in the back of my mind as like potential project zone because that's where you think about uh, stuff that you don't get to think enough about at college. Um, you, you try and work it into a project. Um, but along the way, I heard a podcast. I think it was by the Gospel Coalition um, uh, by a woman who she'd studied um, at Youth Works and she'd written a paper on the history of youth ministry in Sydney. Um, and it re- was actually really fascinating because she described this cha- training pathway that tied the church and youth and uni ministry and the theological college together. Uh, it was this pathway that young people went on, um, yeah, as they were kind of developing this. And I found it really fascinating, but I also realised that it didn't really work the same anymore. Um, so that led me to ask questions. Um, was that okay? Uh, was it just an ideal that was from that, that time and that kind of historical place? Um, was this partnership even something that was good or helpful? Um, and why isn't it like this today? Um, would it even be possible with the size and the structure of those ministries existing today? And how would it even function with all the different denominations that we have? Um, mm. But even the underlying question for me, like, in the background of that as someone who is looking to work in university ministry was how do we actually do these partnerships well uh, when it comes to working on the ground? Um, so it came yeah. to project time at the end of my studies um, and I blurted out all this stuff to Katie, our registrar, and she helped me to actually pull something together um, to go in the direction of a project. Um, it just so happened that our church history lecturer is the head of uh, the board of the university ministry. Um, and so he was someone who would make a great supervisor. Um, he also knows a lot about the history of our region um, and helped me kind of think through how to actually come up with something. Um, 
so we came up with a, the idea for a questionnaire, um, a questionnaire of um, university ministry staff workers and church pastors uh, to chat about their their experience and their perspectives of church partnerships. Um, yeah, so we tried to get a picture of the current shape and the attitudes of church leaders and parachurch staff workers, uh, their attitude to those church and parachurch partnerships. Um, so a bit of a snapshot on the ground. Yeah. This is last year, is it? 2022? Yeah. 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 Mm. Wonderful. Mm. Mm. And we surveyed probably, uh, it ended up being about 22 people, so church pastors and staff workers, to ask questions about how do you feel about partnerships? How were they initiated? Um, what do they include? As well as how do they fall short or how, do, how could they be improved? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, great. And so what were some of your key findings, some of the most encouraging or discouraging things that um, you found in your project? Yeah, so one of the really encouraging things was all the pastors that I interviewed agreed with the value of university ministry. Um, they all could get on board with it and loved it and saw the goodness of partnership. Um, they particularly loved the missional aspect um, that university workers could be on the ground where they couldn't. Um, yeah, a quote from one was um, that these uni missionaries had a presence on campus that churches would struggle to maintain themselves. From a church's perspective, it makes sense to build partnerships with a parachurch ministry. And also like this university ministry provides an avenue for churches to invest in university work and partner with others. So I really like that perspective. Um, and so mm. these uni ministries were a window for the churches to see into universities. Um, I get to spend time meeting with girls at uni and that's something that my pastor can't do. Um, another kind of encouraging thing was that they saw, like these pastors saw the historical fr fruit of the ministry in the region, like through the maturity of mm. the people in their congregation or the people that they were partnering with. Um, yeah, so there were comments of how they could tell when someone went had gone through the ministry and they had appreciated the training um, that they now implemented in their church. Um, but on the, on the negative side, there were some discouraging things that uh, some comments that the university ministries offer the same product as the church, or there's an assumption that because they're on the same turf that they're actually working in, in competition. Um, yeah, so they were, they were kind of the language of university ministries sucking time from people um, and that they have, that means that their people have very little time to be involved in the local church. Um, or even that there's like a, a purpose creep um, into duplicating what churches are doing and they end up competing in tension with local churches rather than partnering with them. Um, yeah, so that was a like discouraging mm. kind of picture. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. And so as we think about how that might apply more broadly, what, what wisdom did you feel like came out of those questionnaires that might help our staff as they practically as they approach churches? Yeah, I think something I noticed when partnerships were broken down, um, there seemed to be a mismatch in the assumptions or the expectations that either side had of what the partnership would be like. Um, if this feeling of threat is existing, then it's mm. not really a true functional partnership. Um, I think even from the word partnership, a good functional partnership is cooperative. Um, 
And I think we need to build a mindset that this is for the sake of the kingdom. Um, we partner for the sake of the kingdom, not for the sake of growing our own patch, um, but to see that the gospel is proclaimed. So I think one of the applications that's, that came out of this project is something that I remember you'd mentioned in Cat was to kind of chat to someone, chat to the church partners before you actually go and visit them. Um, so have, sit down and have a coffee before you even um, walk through the doors, mm. um, just so you can talk about what the partnership could look, look like. I think as staff workers, we should try our best to set up um, these partnerships in conversation um, to do some myth busting and like clear the air and set goals as to what the partnership could look like together. Um, yeah, but additionally, also you can't see churches mm. just as cash cows, um, but rather we should see them as the opportunity to build the the ecosystem, yes. the gospel ecosystem in our cities, um, or even like across the country, wherever those partnerships end up existing. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And you're telling me a bit about how that's relevant for women as well, particularly? Mm. Yeah, I think something random that kind of came up uh, was thinking through what the partnerships actually look like on the ground, so the content of the partnerships. Um, and some of the, the surveys showed some hesitation from the women. Um, comments like, it's a lot easier for guys um, who can go in and preach uh, for female staff, you need to be a bit more creative to be visible in the church and build a partnership. Um, I thought these these comments were pretty interesting. Um, and there's actually an article that I found with a nice pun in the name called She Works Harder mm-hmm. for the Money, um, which showed that there was actually evidence that women struggle with fundraising, um, particularly through um, evangelical parachurch mm. organisations. But something that came out in the surveys was actually interesting. So we, we did these 24 surveys and four of the responses described partnerships that were initiated by some sort of invitation to preach. So I was wondering, like, if it means it's not necessarily an expectation of churches that their partnership will involve mm. preaching. Um, yeah, because preaching isn't the only ministry that we can share with, with the pastors, uh, with the churches. Um, so one of the questions that I asked was, um, yeah, of these these church partners was, um, what ways did did they want to see partnership happen? Um, and they suggested things like, could staff workers offer some training in the churches, or could you help us think through how um, how to help uni students transition out of uni and into work, or um, could we have conversations about growing leaders or pastoral care or that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so I thought that there were there were opportunities to be more creative with our with what partnership actually looks like, um, and it's not limited to preaching. Um, so I thought that that was pretty encouraging, particularly for our sisters. Mm. Yeah, excellent. And I haven't heard a lot of people talk about that idea of um, the kind of conversational resource that we could be to church leaders before. Mm. But I can actually see that lots of church leaders might find that very helpful once they stop and think deeply about what they need, not just filling the preaching gap, but um, thinking about leadership training or things like that. So that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you've done some good reading as part of your project. Were there particular helpful resources that you found that others might benefit from? 
Yeah, finding resources was pretty interesting because church and parachurch partnerships are pretty varied. Like in Australia and within our organisation, they function pretty differently compared to like America or in the UK. So some of the writings, like while they're helpful to reflect on, like their model didn't quite fit with the same model that we mm. use. Um, yeah, so um, so some painted parachurch ministry is something that feeds the local church um, while others... Um, but like that might work for something like a Bible college, um, but less for like a non-denominational movement. Um, yeah, so books like there was one by Jerry, Jerry White, um, The Church and Parachurch, An Uneasy Marriage, um, as well as Felicia Rogers um, titled Is Christ Divided? A Biblical View on the Local Parachurch Church Anomaly. So those were quite like spicy kind of titles that were interesting and kind of laid out these perspectives of, um, church and parachurch partnership, but they weren't necessarily applicable to such a specific topic. Um, but with that said, Mikey Lynch, who's one of our only, released a book on the topic called The Vine Movement, um, which actually had a section um, on church and parachurch ministries to Australia's mm. context. Um, so it wasn't released when I was working on my project, um, but it ended up covering things that I was like wishing I could explore if I had yeah, all the mm. unlimited word count that a book could have. So that was one to check out. But there was another author called John Hammett who wrote a couple of pa- papers on, like, structures of partnerships with, like, theological ideas um, around the, the local and the universal church um, to argue about a par- partnership that serves each other, um, yeah, rather than being on the same turf or equal kind of partnerships. So I thought his writing was also helpful to think a bit more theological about the shape of partnerships Mm. Mm. yeah excellent thank you i've got mikey's book next to me ready to read but i haven't read it yet um how do you feel like you've gone obviously you did a lot of fairly abstract thinking when you were at college in this area and now that you're working for us and putting you know actively investing in church partnerships what's it looked like putting some of this stuff into practice yeah it's pretty hard to actually like um, actually get, get out there and do it. Like I think um, because I've thought about it so much and I, I want to do it well, <laughs> so I feel like I've put a bit of pressure on myself in that sense. But um, it was, yeah, it's, it's exciting to be able to um, think through how to do it well. Um, yeah, so part of what I've been trying to do is to have those coffees with pastors. Um, I lined up a few chats over, over the break um, yeah, to be just talking, talking to these church pastors and exploring what, what our partnerships could look like, um, how we could be mutually benef- benefiting each other for the kingdom. Um, yeah, just with the aim of, of a slow discussion rather than racing in and um, mm. into it, but to yeah, keep talking and keep our communication really open so that it, it is a partnership that's helpful and hopefully fruitful for the kingdom. Yeah. yeah, sure. That's really, I really like that a slow discussion. <laughs> um, mm. I think our staff are often very hampered by their ideal of what they'd love things to look like if they had, if this was the only job was building church partnerships versus mm. um, how to do it well with the time constraints. So, um, yeah, I don't know if you have any reflections on that. Yeah, I think. It is kind of hard to balance that as well as 
the kind of on the ground ministry um, and keeping up with like individual relationships as well. But yeah, I think I just try and remember that it is for that gospel ecosystem. It's it's not um, not necessarily a quick thing to do and that it will be helpful for the long run um, just to be chipping away at those relationships. Mm. And some of, some of the conversations that, that we're having with churches, like they won't end up being kind of official partners, like we, we probably won't be official missionaries for them, but we'll still have that relationship where we're praying for each other um, and encouraging each other. And I know that it's a church that I can encourage students to be part of. Like, yeah, it's bigger than bigger than something that's, yeah, you give us money and we come and share. Like, yeah, it's got to be a bigger um, partnership with the kingdom. Yeah, sure. And we were quite deliberate when we articulated our values as an organisation that one of our values is partnership in prayer and finances, but actually a totally separate value is local churches, that we value them in and of themselves, not just for getting money out of churches or prayer. Um, So that sounds excellent. Um, Is there any kind of final takeaways or things that you'd like to bring out, final thoughts to leave us with about your project? I think an encouragement would be to start the conversation. Um, I think chatting about it with, with our staff team, like a lot of them have been um, hesitant, like kind of going, oh, we're not sure the, the history of the relationship or, um, yeah, if there haven't been any students coming from these churches or that kind of thing, there might be something that um, hinders you from, from starting the conversation. But, um, yeah, you've got to kind of, throw an email out or make a phone call to kind of start that conversation and see where it could grow from. Um, yeah, so I guess just give it a go and you don't know, um, yeah, the way, the way that God has paved for those relationships to be building and blossoming and I think it's exciting. Yeah, sure. Well, thank you so much for doing the project, Kate, but then also sharing some of the wisdom you gleaned from it. Um, it's been really good to hear today from you. No worries. I hope it's helpful and encouraging. Yeah. Let's finish in prayer. Our Father, we do thank you for Kate's time and energy and interest that she poured into this project. And we do pray, Father, that you'd help us in our organisation to have really clear communication and a clear priority on relationship in our church partnerships that we would love church pastors and value their work, value the churches, and that there would be really clear expectations between us and them, uh, working together for the sake of the kingdom, for strong gospel ecosystems. Father, please help us with that. By your spirit, give us unity, common purpose, the same mind. Help us to have mutually encouraging and beneficial church relationships. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Great. Well, thank you for joining me, Kate. And we'll be back next time in episode nine, discussing 3 John 1 to 8. Okay, bye for now.